0: This is John Bailey, the epic voice of Honest Trailers, and you're listening to the Five Ish Fangirls Podcast. It's a fangirls podcast with five ish people. The tangents and squee will continue. Squee.
1: And as this squeak continue all the way to episode four hundred and forty two of the Fiveish Fangirls podcast, what's the quality of life with no skin? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Fiveish Fangirls podcast, So like Joyce. Let's start off like a bird from the virtual table and see who joined us this week.
0: This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City.
1: This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. And yeah. man, 442. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting two, last two digits. Mm-hmm. They may or may not have been used mm-hmm. in this particular um, season. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> Protocol 42, anybody? Maybe. Yep.
2: Maybe well, well and I'm also thinking of a certain... Um, Author and a movie. Well, yeah, but a certain that's... guide to the galaxy.
1: Yeah, but that really doesn't have anything to do with time. I know, Ish. but still, <laughs> mm, I think you might be making a bit of a stretch. But
2: uh, I know. Well, hey,
1: fandom <laughs> related. Whenever, whenever, whenever yeah,
0: whenever it shows up, you 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 know what yeah. it means. Yep. Yes.
1: It's just gonna be like, I understand that. Understand, you know, there's a reference there. I
0: understood that. There could be a
1: reference without a connection. Those two are not yep. uh have to be connected or something. It's weird being a fan of stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> makes your brain do weird things. <laughs> uh, oh, so with that, um we don't actually have any fandom news. It's been kind of quiet, which is probably a good thing. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah. Everybody's
1: calming down for the holidays, taking some time, kicking their feet up, just chilling. Uh, so there's that. Uh, that being said, we are in a new month now, so that's yes. a club update.
2: Yes. So the book for the month, uh, considering it was the month of December, all well, the voting went the way I thought it was going to. So our book for the month is 10 Days of Christmas Festive Tales with the 10th Doctor. <laughs> Imagine that. Yep. And then books for January poll is uh, The Rebellion on Treasure Island, 11th Doctor <laughs> Story. And then I thought with the Celestial Toymaker making a return. And that's some big finish featuring him, or possibly him. Mm-hmm. So our choices are the Celestial Toy Maker, the um, audio version narration with William Hartnell, the Magic Mouse Trap, and the Nightmare Fair. The Magic mm. Mouse Trap is a Seventh Doctor
1: story, and the Nightmare Fair is a Sixth Doctor. It is a Sixth Doctor that would have ever got filmed. <laughs> <Yeah. All right. laughs> That it was it supposed was to be a soup. TV episode that
2: they it never was. got around to doing. Yes, yeah,
1: so that's from the that's uh, exactly.
2: Lost, yeah. the Lost Vault section. Is Big mm-hmm. Finish. Like
0: the, the the impetus for the Lost Stories collection or you know series of Big Finish is just scripts that are you know even even they got to the point where it's story ideas that never were filmed, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're like just doing. You're like, oh, here's this idea, so we'll do the the script from scratch. But the Nightmare Fair is one that they had they had the TV script, so they just adapted it for audio, and it's actually mm-hmm. quite good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're if you're wanting to get into the lost stories of Doctor Who, you that, that is a very good place to begin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: yes. So voting is now open until the end of the month.
1: <laughs> and you know not to uh necessarily uh show my hand too much but if the nightmare fair doesn't win for next month that's okay i have a birthday in february uh <laughs> true yeah i'm just saying it might yeah. end up being covered anyway <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i don't
2: think uh, a <laughs> uh, uh, two certain someones would mind reviewing that story yeah <laughs> just saying yep <laughs> as soon as i saw them, I'm like yeah i kind of probably know which one rachel's going to vote for <laughs> yeah but
1: i'm just saying if it doesn't win I'm not going to lose <laughs> any sleep over it. <laughs> well, turn around next can... month and. <laughs> Rachel, who says you can't double dip? Well, that's true. That is true. We have done a big finish audio and then turned around and did it in the book club. So, yeah. <laughs> that is very true.
0: It's not. Unheard. No. Yeah.
1: I um, know <laughs> it's on the list. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so that's really it. Uh, but that being said, um, this actually works out kind of well because then I'm not eating up a bunch of time I'm talking about my adventure in Ohio over the weekend to galaxy con in columbus nice Again, so um it was just me this time chauncey wasn't able to go um so i left oh early late late friday morning and um it was cold it was rainy not the best driving weather um you know for mood at the very least. Uh but you know it is what it is. Uh so uh yeah I drove out there and got to the hotel stayed at the Hilton again so stayed at the same hotel we stayed at last time and uh got checked in and got the car unloaded and all that fun stuff and then went and got my badge and uh, pretty much immediately walked, went, and uh, it was almost about time for me to go get in line for my photo off of Evangeline Lily at that point. So <laughs> I had a little bit of time to wander the vendor hall. I saw one person I knew in the process of going to get my badge, and I was like, I'll check. I was like, oh, I'll see you later. Um, and then. um, Went and uh, got my my photo op with Evangeline Lilly. Um, you know, fairly straightforward as far as photo ops are concerned. Um, she's very nice, <laughs> so. Um, and uh, it was it was it was kind of fun though because I exited the you know curtain area where they were doing the the photos, and um, as as I was walking. Out, they were pushing Richard Dreyfus in a wheelchair in for his photo op which could be taking place in the, the section wow. right next door. So that was kind of cool. I saw Richard Dreyfus, uh for a hot second. Cool. Um so um, and then I figured uh you know by then it was you know after five, but I was like, odds are Evangeline's probably gonna go back to her booth cyber autographs so I went ahead and um went and got back in line um and um, the wait wasn't too long it was not terrible um got up got got her, her signature on my Marvel canvas art thing um so that was that was uh fun she complimented me on my outfit she said I look cute uh so yay thank you um yay. yay um and then i uh yeah i could have wandered some more but at that point i was hungry uh so <laughs> I was like
0: don't blame you
1: yeah and i wanted to go to the rocky horror show screening um so i was like okay i have just enough time to go get something to eat and then get down to the hall that they were using for for the screening so um although uh since it was friday evening and it was not that busy um when i walked by Barry Bostwick's booth he uh he actually bought like a big comfy chair for him to sit in <laughs> smart thinking yeah smart thinking <laughs> And he's a third years. Um, but I did step by say hi. I like to stop and say hi to him uh, when when he's at events because uh, you know we go way back all the way to Popcon Fort Wayne um, yes, <laughs> where like three people showed up uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we had a we had a nice little chat yeah, you know, seeing how you know he see how he's doing he's he's fine. Uh, you know, still hawking the underwear, um, among other things. <laughs> so, yeah, you, know, you, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, Stick with what to- works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I told him, I said, you're, I got, you know, I got a pair. There's, it's still hanging proudly on my wall in our apartment. When I mean, you come into our apartment it's right there. Uh, so, you know, he thought that was, he was glad to hear that. Uh, So I ended up going just to one of the the restaurants in in the hotel um, that is, quote unquote, supposed to be like a sports bar. I don't know how many sports bars only have like four televisions for showing sports. And half of them. Yeah. And then half of them were showing college basketball and the other half were showing hockey. Uh so which you know what else are you gonna watch on a Friday evening, I guess. Um True. but it was nice enough. I sat at the bar, the guy that waited on me who's also working behind the bar. Um he was very nice, very friendly. Um I had the short rib poutine, uh which was very good. Uh so I have no complaints there. Uh I mean I mean, you use the term poutine very lightly, because any time you just take uh, french fries and drizzle gravy on them and throw cheese on it, technically you can call it poutine.
0: <laughs>
1: so, um, so yeah. Then I went down to the the... They were using the main stage area for Rocky Horror, which they have a group that... Uh, does this on the regular, does the shadow cast type thing. It's a group called Pineapple Shaped Lamp. They're from North Carolina. And uh, for those that are uninitiated, a Rocky Horror shadow cast is different than just going to a movie theater and watching a Rocky Horror Picture Show. You have a group of actors, usually, who dress up the different, uh, each one gets a different part. They dress appropriately for their characters. And depending on the layout of the theater, usually they perform in, you know, at the front of the, the house uh, in front of all the, the seats. Uh, sometimes there's a stage in this case, there was, you know, a stage and so the screens were on both sides of the stage. The last time I went to one, it was a much smaller venue. So it was just, it was more like a movie theater. So then they just went down and were on the ground right in front of the, the screen. Um, hence shadow cast, because they're in theory, their silhouettes would get cast on the screen as the projector is shining on them onto the screen. Um, so, um, And you can go online and look for scripts. Um, There's a general, like, because this has been going on since Rocky Horror, like, became a thing back in the 70s. And so there's a general consensus of what the audience participation (laughs) involves. However, it can vary from market to market and the group leading the shadow cast um, and your own personal experiences, what, like, kind of lines. Because it's a whole thing where, like, usually the people usually have a <clears throat> of props that you use for certain things. I'm not going to spoil it, um, even though this has been going on for more than 50 years. I'm still not going to spoil it because if you go for the first time, you're a virgin and there's initiations Again, that's going to vary from market to market, um, (laughs) on what, what the initiation involves. Um, but yeah, there's props to get used at certain, certain points. There are lines that get yelled by the cast and, or the audience. Um, some are running Mm -hmm. gags. Some are for very particular scenes, um, in this case, actually, pineapple-shaped lamp. They have done their own custom edit of the film, uh, so you still get the full film experience, but they've added some stuff um, that you might not necessarily get if you went. It, yeah, if you if you went somewhere else. Um, so it, it's a, it's a unique experience every time you go, especially if you go to to different places and with different groups. Um, so, but of course. You know, Barry is there, so they have him come out and say a few words before the show starts, and then, you know, the movie starts, and we get into the whole thing, and it was really cool to be in a group of like-minded people doing the time warp in the middle of this theater, uh, <laughs> among other things, so... Um, It's, it's, uh, I need to take Chauncey to one of these things, especially because he'll be a virgin at it. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: it's quite, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I love Rocky Horror. Yeah. That's one of those movies that, you know, is just one that I can just pop in and yeah, I don't necessarily need to be paying attention to it because I know it (laughs) forwards and backwards and upside down. Um, but, um, it was a lot of fun, especially with, with Barry there to be able to do a little, little introduction at the beginning. Um, uh, so, uh, which I have video that I'll have to put a language warning, uh, <laughs> so, <a> bad language <laughs> used by a lot of people, not just Barry Boswick, but a lot of people involved myself included. Um, I'm an adult. I can do these things. Uh, So, um, but then, uh, but then it was over and I was like, okay, good night. I'm going to bed. Uh, So I was back in my room and crashed. Um, So then uh, the next day I got up and uh, put on just regular clothes for the morning. Uh, went to uh Starbucks. There's one Starbucks attached to the convention center, so of course it was hopping. Um, but that's okay. Uh, it's always fun to see a line at Starbucks and to see like various people cosplaying. Like, hmm. So, Darth Vader. He's a double latte kind of guy. Okay, cool. Uh. <laughs> um. And then uh, I immediately went down and got in line for Charlie Cox because he was not there Friday. He didn't arrive till Saturday. Um, And for those that are like, Charlie Cox, who's that? Well, then obviously you've never watched um, the Netflix uh, Marvel series and somehow missed him in Spider-Man as well. Uh, He he has used Daredevil. (laughs) And she holds Matt (laughs) Murdoch. So avocado at law
2: yes Uh, one of our favorite one of our two
1: favorites (laughs) yes exactly uh so but charlie's line was huge not surprising yeah i mean it's good for him i even said that when i got up there i was like you know last time i met you which was a long time ago, when like we had all we had was like the first, I don't even know if the defenders have come out yet, or I think they were maybe getting ready to. Uh, so that tells you how long ago it was. So they've obviously, as the MCU has gotten more popular, and they've taken these at least as far as Matt Murdock and Kingpin are concerned, properly brought them into the MCU that, uh, obviously they are getting a bit more popular. Uh, so yeah, I even said that to him when I got up, I'm like, last time I met you, your line was not this long. He's like, is that a good thing? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a good thing. I think, I I I think, you're doing a good job. Uh, but yeah, I waited for two hours for Charlie. Um, and that was with him there signing on the regular, you know, um, it's just really Saturday I, and I even posted a picture of my view when I was like the last person, you know, I was at the back of the line on our Instagram and it's like Saturdays at conventions are traditionally the busiest I don't know, Christy could attest to this probably as well
0: yeah, yeah uh, it is hopping
1: yeah, but this particular Saturday was kind of ridiculous. Like, I have not been in a crowd like that since I don't know when. Like, I have not felt like this is, like, stupid Why are that, you know, why am I subjecting myself to all these people-type crowds probably since, like, Gen Con's anniversary year or something. Like, it was busy. And a lot of that Saturdays are generally the busiest because one, that's usually the day that you can catch most of the celebrities. That's the day that even if they're not there the entire weekend, that is a weekend or that the day of the weekend that they are going to be there. That's also the day that's most convenient for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for a lot of, for a majority of people, Saturday is their free day. You know, it's the day off work. It's the day before the day that a lot of people go to church. And um, usually that's the day that the convention is open the longest. So they can get the most bang for their buck as far as entry is concerned. That's usually the heaviest cosplay day. So if you're really excited to either see cosplayers or cosplay yourself, that is also the day to go. Um, And in this case, I think it was just a combination of all of that. Uh, Because there were a lot of celebrities that they were only there were some that were only there for Saturday. And then there were some that they didn't arrive until Saturday and were going to be there Saturday, Sunday. Um, So like Mike Tyson was only there on Saturday. (laughs) Paula Abdul was only there on Saturday. Granted, saying these names is just really weird, even though I was there and I saw some of these people. I still was like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. why is this a thing that you're at i don't understand um but yeah whatever more power to them uh make that money however you can i guess um and so yeah so charlie had uh, quite the the line um and then of course vincent d'onofrio's table was right next to him So a lot of people were doing Charlie and then immediately going over to Vincent. (laughs) Or vice versa. They they were getting Vincent D'Odofrio's and then coming over and getting in Charlie's line, Uh, which Vincent was there last year. So, you know, if you'd gone last year, you didn't need to necessarily get his autograph again. If you were going to have something where his and Charlie's, signatures were going to be on both which was the case for me i already had vincent's autograph from last year um so um but yeah um it's just that you know it's you know i'm I'm sure that the um yeah the people that play in these things and figure out like the layout for the celebrity booths and how you're going to group them together and who you're going to put next to you know, whoever um, is not easy. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's like planning the seating chart for like the Met Gala or something, you know. Um, and, you know, putting Vincent next to Charlie made sense. Wilson Fisk, Matt Murdock. Yeah, you know, they had Evangeline further down the line um, in between Grant Gustin, who was again only there on Saturday, and on the other side of her was Emil and Colin from Once Upon a Time, who didn't arrive until Saturday. But she, Evangeline, was on Lost, so it's like ABC show, ABC show. You know, Once Upon a Time also mm-hmm. ABC show, yeah. so it's like okay, that yep. kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, and then you got a lot of voice actors. You got you had Tara Strong. Uh, you had Steve from Blue's Clues, which obviously he had a line. Um, as you do because he's Steve from Blue's clues. Um, you know, a lot of the anime voice actors, um, you know, they tend to put them together. You're not necessarily anime, but still voice actors. So, like um, you know, whoever Bill Farmer yeah. um you know There's would be there. People. You put yeah, you put Steve Whitmire, who you know, *Kermit the Frog next to the guy who apparently did Bear in the Big Blue House. Uh, so, you yeah, know, they had, uh, you know, a chunk of the cast from Boy Meets World. <laughs> uh, not counting Boy himself. Um, yeah. I imagine Mr. That. Savage, because apparently he does not do these things. Um, and Mr. Feeny is 5 million years old, so he can stay at home and Put him in a bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Protect Feeny at all costs. Yes. Oh. Um. But you could, I mean, and you could definitely tell it's also kind of a generational thing, because like I even put that in our our chat on Friday. It was like you know there was like one voice actor from One Piece, and. They had a super long line. You know, probably had 30 people. Most of them look like they're not even old enough to vote yet. <laughs> waiting, you know, to to meet this person, yet you had the cast of Boy Meets World and there was nobody at their tables. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is a generational thing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, your parents obviously dropped you off uh, and did not stay. <laughs> Because if they were here, odds are they were probably going to get you know Danielle Fishel's autograph. Yes, <laughs> and marvel at her hair. I heard so many people just in the crowds talking about how amazing her hair is, But <laughs> she does yeah, have amazing. Was- She's had amazing was- hair was- since she played so. Topanga, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that was. Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I spent all of the morning into the early afternoon waiting in line to to meet Charlie. And by the time that was done, I was like, okay, well, I need to go back to the room and change, have a costume change. Literally, uh, I had to get out of my civilian clothes and put on my cosplay because I had signed up for the cosplay contest Mm -hmm. um, and had to go get prejudged um, at three o'clock. Uh, so I went back to the room, got all gussied up, put on my, my, my gender bent steampunk six doctor cosplay. Um, and then went back down. I had a little bit of time to kill. Um, so I kept walking, kept going by Zan's husband's booth and Zan, and Friday night Zan was not there. And I knew she was not there, but it was funny. Cause when I did walk by Chris happened to be on the phone with her uh, telling her how to restart their water heater because it had gone oh, out. No. <laughs> oh. <So>. Ouch. <laughs> nice Ouch.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So, which they, they said that theirs has been on the fritz for a while, oh. but their insurance won't replace it until it actually goes out and stays out. Oh. So they're just kind of like dealing with it, reset it, mm. you know, restarting it every time it goes out. <laughs> so, but uh but yeah on Saturday you know I'm like you know it's like okay I know Zan's gonna be here at some point um you know obviously Chris was at his table Charles Skaggs um was also there cool uh, off doing you know cl- getting his autographs. He, he had to complete his um uh, Flash Universe uh <laughs> <laughs> Autograph uh collection. Um so but the problem was once you were inside the vendor hall, there was no cell phone signal. Like you couldn't even send a text message that let bad. alone get on social media or anything else. So trying to keep in touch. So that Zan could be like, "Oh, I'm back at Chris's table now," and Charles could, you know, be like, "Oh, I'm over here, but I'll come back in like ten minutes or whatever." You know, trying to negotiate us meeting up was not easy when there's no signal because oh. there were just too many people.
2: Like one great system was
1: just dead spot, absolutely overwhelmed. Yes,
2: oh. so
1: like at one point, like they. They had one of like the side doors open to the outside and I'm like standing there with my phone like up in the air trying to send a message to Chauncey, (laughs) letting him know that he may not be able to get a hold of me because there was no signal. So (laughs) signals. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a kind of a a pain in the tuchus. So eventually it's like, okay, yeah, eventually it's like, okay, I got to go for prejudging. Um, and, you know, my, the time slot they'd given me, I was at, I was at three o'clock. Uh, so I got there at, uh, right on the dot at three o'clock and they were like, yeah, we're still running behind from this morning. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you
0: know, after, after being slightly involved in pre-judging of cosplay contests, that's just par for the course. Do not expect yeah. a, a cosplay pre-judging to go on time. It just doesn't happen. So
1: mm-hmm yeah, well, this is my first time ever doing a sh- uh, doing a cosplay contest that did pre-judging like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like when I did, uh, what was that, Lexington?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they, like, came through the room, you know, like an hour before the costume contest was the start and gave us, you know, we each got like 30 seconds to sell our, you know, a costume essentially to the judges Um, yeah, but I'd never done a a contest where they did prejudging like this so far in advance Mm -hmm. and they just kept getting further and further behind. So by the time, you know, like there was like, you know, one or two people ahead of me in in line waiting for their go, you know, people were poking their head out the door going, yeah, you're going to get like a minute and a half. (laughs) yeah i was like okay that's a thing that's gonna happen and the thing is it's like when i signed up you know they sent an you know, email message saying you know this is your register you know this is your contestant number this is the time slot you need to come for pre-judging this is what you you know this is what's gonna be required of your pre-judging they're like you know we want Reference photos, you know, for whatever character it's based on. If you've got progress photos from the construction, we want those. You know, that sort of thing. So it's like I had like photos on my phone ready to go. I had hand drawings that I had done when I was originally making this costume. Like I was ready to go. And then they were like, yeah, you got a minute and a half. So it's like I get in. And they're asking me a few questions. None of them ever really got up to look at anything up close. Uh, You know, they had me like, you know, turn in a circle, uh, ask me about a few things. And then that was it. And then I was out the door. So, you know, I, yeah, this is, I can't say this, you know, for if this is even fact, but this was my concern is that those of us at the tail end of prejudging I don't know if we got as fairly judged as those who got earlier time slots and in theory had more time oh. is mike is my concern so yeah you know, i don't know if that's the case but that's that's the impression i got yeah the, from the from when i got there and they're like yeah you're going to have like One and a half to like three to four minutes, and then by the time it's like me, they're like, "Yeah, you got a minute and a half," and I'm like, "How am I supposed to sell this costume that I've literally put my blood, sweat, and tears into in a minute and a half?" You know? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. That's I've I've been on the judging side, but I've never done. I've never had to do pre judging because the the contest is small enough that we. Yeah, if we had questions, we did it during the contest because the number was so small of contestants, so um, that was not an issue. But whatever. Um, so an hour later, I'm finally free um, to go. They and they gave me, uh, you know, my number where I'm going to be in line once they line us up, and what time I needed to report to the, the, the main stage area and I was like okay great um, and thankfully I was able to get a little bit of signal because the room they were using was near the exit doors uh, facing outside <laughs> one of the streets <laughs> uh, so I was actually able to get a text message from Zan saying I'm at the table I don't know where Charles is <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron is here too and I'm like okay as soon as I'm done with pre judging I will be there um, so then I, you know, and at this point I'm starving, but I was like, okay, I, I need to go back. So, um, I go back to, to Chris's, Chris's booth. Zan is there, um, you know, I, I was telling her about the pre-judging and she's like, yeah, Aaron wandered off. I don't know where Charles is. And I'm like, and she's like, I want to go. She had, she wanted to go do something. Um, or oh, she needed to make a phone call, which means she needed to go outside to be able to get a signal uh so
0: uh, oh, i was like
1: i was like i am starving and everywhere inside here has it looks like freaking disneyland the lines so it's like i'm gonna go outside of the convention center and see if i can find some place to eat quickly um which i did i went to a restaurant uh, across the street that actually chauncey and our friend alan uh and i ate at last year um Thankfully, they were able to. I was able to shimmy again up to the bar, um, and order food. Um, the place is called Agave and Rye, and technically they are a taco and margarita place. However, I use the term taco very, very loosely because their thing is we're going to call them tacos, but really it's just handheld food. Um, that's vaguely shaped like a taco. And in some cases it, they're still so stuffed. You might not be able to hold them by your hands and you have to use a knife and fork. Um, because my taco, all of their tacos are a hard shell and then surrounded by a soft shell. So as your hard shell falls apart, in theory, the soft shell will catch, yeah, all the bits. Um, mm-hmm. but my taco. <laughs> Other than the taco shells, the filling was macaroni and cheese with white cheddar, uh, Nashville hot sauce, a strip of fried chicken, and diced sweet pickles. Hmm. That was my taco. Interesting. It was very good, but again, Hmm. I use the term taco very loosely. Um, I also had a margarita. Uh, so, because at that point, like, my back was hurting, my feet were hurting, and it's like, you know, even though the corset helps with the back support, you know, it's like, you know, I love, I love cosplaying, but it's not easy on the body. Yeah. No matter how comfy your cosplay may be. Uh, There's just something about wearing clothes that aren't like normal everyday clothes and your body's just like, ah, extra work. Uh. (laughs) Um. So, I inhaled my food. Oh, and tater tots. And I say tater tots, again, I use the term tater tot very loosely. Um, because these tater tots, when they set them in front of me, I was a little confused at first. Uh, because there were only six on my plate, and that is because each one was the size of an egg roll. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> wow. Holy yes. uh, potato laser, Batman. Yes. <laughs> yep.
1: So, uh, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, you read their menu and read the description. And I don't think necessarily it's going to give you the most accurate picture of what you're getting. (laughs) Right. So, that being said, it's really good food. And we actually have one now in downtown Indianapolis. So, I... We need to go check that one out. I'm sure the menu is So you know you are same. not
2: going to go hungry. Let's just put yes. it that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. they
1: were well the, the, the... fed. Yes. And their menu had changed since last year because last year I had a taco that was essentially a pizza inside inside the taco shells, and it was not on the menu this year. So they must have got rid of it, which is kind of sucks. But at the same time, probably a good thing because eating anything with red sauce while in cosplay probably would have been a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe avoid that if, if if at all possible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I inhale my food. Uh wash my hands. Yeah. You know, uh go to the bathroom, cause <laughs> thankfully, yeah, you know, bathroom, low traffic. Nice <laughs> clean bathroom. A little on the old side, but that's okay. Um wash my hands, because at that point they smelled like tater tots. Yeah. You know. Uh <laughs> so Go back over to the convention center. Go back to Chris's booth. And, uh, uh, Zan is, um, uh, not to be seen, but Chris is there. Uh, but Chris is like, she's going to be, she'll be right back. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so I'm standing there hanging out and, uh, uh, this person walks up to me with a big grin on their face. It's Aaron uh our good our good friend and supporter of the show aaron who sends us in feedback quite a bit uh Yay. both to us and gold standard uh so um yeah so we finally got the beat uh zan and i signed his gold standard t-shirt and i signed his fangirls t-shirt wow. um,
2: cool.
1: and he said that he'll have to he, he looks forward to uh you know getting the rest of y'all signatures whenever the opportunity presents itself <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah we sat there and talked about podcasting and this and the other. and zan came and we chatted some more we got some pictures posted on on instagram as well um so that was that was fun um to to chat with him and to catch up with zan um yeah just Chit chatted while the the throngs of people were milling around us because again it was still very crowded, um, and then I had to go to report for the cosplay contest. So uh, back over to the main stage area where it was like herding cats, uh, trying to get us in the right order. Um, so, but they did; they managed to do that, and then they got us in and behind the stage, um, which was nice. Um, Because that meant we could see and hear everything. Um, uh, Because you can see the screens from the backside. Just everything's backwards. Um, So we were able to, you know, as every contestant got called up to the stage, we could see them. Even if they were backwards. Um, Which was really cool. And hear all the audience clap and everything. Um, And uh, I recognized some faces. Uh, being part of the, the cosplay community. And there's a, a number of people that I've seen at other conventions like PopCon and GenCon and the like um, that are, are very, very good. There were some very, very good cosplays in all three categories. You know, They have the novice, which is your beginners, your journeyman, which is my category, where you've got a few years of experience under your belt. You've competed before. You've maybe won an award or two. And then you have your, your masters, which are like your professionals, you know, that they're, uh, you know, your master costumers and prop builders and stuff like that. And there were really good costumes in all three categories. So, you know, I wasn't, I was not entering thinking like, oh, I'm going to win this. It was more, I'd never done a cosplay contest at a convention that size before. And I wanted to, to see what it was like. Um, so, um. Yeah, the people that won, uh, especially in the masters category, no surprises there. It's like, yep, you know, you win a lot. I've seen you win at other places. Yep, uh, that's par for the course. Uh, but I had fun. Uh, I will say, um, they definitely get, uh, um, uh, you know, GalaxyCon uh, in particular, the people running the, this particular con. Uh, helping with the cosplay contest definitely get a couple of gold stars in my book for you know while we're waiting backstage they were passing out bottles of water if people needed it which was nice i already had one but yeah still the gesture was nice they had um people uh you know if you there were a few people that they had their helper um you know, with them if they needed assistance with their cosplay. Cause some people they're very particular about who helps them and they may not, you know, they're like, I only trust this person, you know, to handle my props or whatever. Um, but if you're like, you know, if you had stuff with you that was not part of your cosplay, you don't necessarily like take it on stage with you. Uh so if you had like a backpack or something, there was someone there that as you got closer to, to getting up on stage, she would take your stuff. And she would run it all the way to the other side. And there would be someone on the other side there to help you down the steps and also help you collect your stuff. So your stuff would be there waiting for you once you got off the stage. And then they could lead you to a seat out in the audience to watch the rest of the show, which was really nice. So I I wish other cosplay contests were done like that. <laughs> looking at you Lexington um, <laughs> So um, but yeah um, you know they, they, they gave out they gave out awards for kids um, all three categories you know novice, uh, journeyman, masters um, each of the judges gave out a judge's Choice award. There's a founders award from the guy that started this particular event. Uh, the the GalaxyCon there in Columbus, um, you know, and then they gave a, a best best in show, um, and uh, they've got the the winners. All the award winners are on the Facebook page and on their Instagram, I believe as well. They've got the the winners' photos up on there, so um, you can go see who won and. I'm sure you'll immediately see why they won. Really good. Um some really good cosplays, cosplays out there. Uh so as soon as that was over, I'm like, okay, I'm going back to my room, getting out of this monkey suit. <laughs> I do not blame you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, the corset, it's great for the back support, great for your posture. I will give it that. But also having like you know, the layers underneath that. And then, you know, I'm wearing multiple skirts. I've got on knee-high boots. I got the hats. I got all the accessories. It's like after a while it just gets warm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I get I get back to the room and get, you know, undoctorified while watching Doctor Who. That was nice. Uh, to mm-hmm. be able to go back to my room and watch Saturday's episodes. <laughs> while while getting uh, dressed down uh and then you know i got my stuff collected so it was a bit more orderly because i in the morning i knew i had to check out and take all my stuff back to the car so i wanted to make it as easy on myself as possible uh so i got this sunday morning and managed to get dressed packed everything everything down to the car and loaded in the car and dropped off my key within like an hour of nice. my alarm going off, which I'm really impressed myself because I really did not want to get up at all. <laughs> so, because at that point I am so tired. Oh, uh, my poor feet! The bottoms of my feet are so tired. Um, but as soon as I got that done, I went back to the convention center and uh properly walked up and down the vendor area, uh. Because that I'd not been able to do that. It was so busy that Saturday. It's like you couldn't see anything. Uh yeah, you could barely see your feet if you look down at the floor, because there were just bodies everywhere. So I, I held off on most of my shopping till till yesterday. Um and um I was good. Oh, I only bought a few things for myself, but I did buy some Christmas presents for some other people, which is why I did not post. All of my purchases on on social media. Because I don't want to win the surprise. Um, And then. um, Saw. uh, Zan again. And Charles. (laughs) Finally Charles showed up. Uh, And Chris actually had to go. And do a panel on Black Panther. Uh, So Zan was watching his table. For him. So uh, I took a chair and then charles took the other chair so we all just sat there kind of chatted and occasionally someone says Zan would know would stop by and she'd introduce us and that sort of thing um but oh no, we just kind of caught up we talked about you know saturday's episode of doctor who um talked about the convention and how you know they both would, would you know wish that uh Chauncey was there, but they understood because he was, uh, he's still up to his eyeballs in work. Um, We were hoping that Nick would make it this year, but unfortunately he didn't. So, hopefully maybe next year. Um, So, yeah, it was just nice to kind of sit and chat for like, you know, 45 minutes. (laughs) Whatever. You know, showed off our purchases. Charles showed us, you know, some of his autographs that he, he got. Um... We talked about we talked about Star Trek, all sorts of things. So and then I had to meet uh, uh, Alan and I uh, uh, agreed to, to meet up to eat uh, so I could get a, a decent meal in before hitting the road. Uh, so um, we went to Barley's, which is also across the street from the convention center on the same side of the street as Agave and Rye. Um, but I had eaten there last year with Charles and his wife. Uh, so I knew the food was good um yeah and it was a place to sit down eat some decent food I knew they had wi-fi mm-hmm. uh I had an ulterior motive so yes you did yeah, yeah so Alan and I we got we got a, a place to sit and I connected the wi-fi and then proceeded to have the Inter Milan game on for the two hours while we ate <laughs> So uh-huh. So, which Alan and I, you know, we talked about the weekend and we talked about, you know, convention experiences and our, our plans for conventions next year. Unfortunately, I'm not likely to see him again probably till sometime next summer because pop, Indie PopCon this coming April is the same weekend as C2E2 up in Chicago. And Alan is like, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to C2E2. And I'm like, That's totally fine. You yeah. <laughs> know, your money, you know, spend it how you want. Yeah, you know, your time. So, you know, I've got friends that I'm not likely to see for a hot minute because they're going to go to C2E2 instead, um, which is just the nature of the game. And as more conventions pop up, but you're we're going to reach a probably a boiling point at some you know it it you know at some point to where there's just going to be so many options and people are going to be forced to choose. You know, Sophie's choice. Of which Mm -hmm. convention you're going to go to. So. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the smaller. You know the smaller conventions. That can't. Lock down. Multiple years in advance. You know. I talked about this last episode. When talking about the updates to PopCon. And how. uh, They had to. um, The. Uh, Louisville has changed dates and locations, um, but you know, talking about how Indy is now it's going to be in April when it was just in August. So it's like a you know, that's kind of a quick turnaround <clears throat> for the same convention to be yeah you know, less than was that like what less oh. than ten months? <laughs> so yeah, you know, uh. So it's a, it's a, kind of quick turnaround, but PopCon does not have the pull with the convention center, the, uh, an event like Gen Con does, uh, cause they're just that Gen Con brings in a shit ton of money for the city. There's, you know, they, they've got, they're signed on contract wise for the next bazillion years. So the convention center is going to be like, whatever weekend you want, Gen Con, you've got it. You know, they're going to get first dibs and other conventions like Indiana Comic Con and PopCon are you know, left with whatever's available, (laughs) so it's like, are you Gen Con? No. Are you the FFA? No. Are you the Firefighters Convention? No. Okay, in that case, you're gonna have to wait and see what's left in the calendar. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, we we had a a nice chat. Uh, you know, time to, to catch up. Which is always good. That's something. That's something you really get to do at the convention. It's nice to see friends, you know, faces that yeah. This is like the time you get to see them because of distance. You know where they live, where you live, that sort of thing. But you don't necessarily get to sit down and chat for a decent amount of time. So being able to sit in like Chris's booth with Zan and Charles for a while was nice. Being able to sit down and chat with you know Alan was for a while was nice and our experiences and inter Milan one three nothing so that's also a good thing. Uh, (laughs) got some good food and then I got on the road and got home yesterday evening and about passed out because it was tired. I was tired pup. Very, very tired. But I had fun, you know. And I I stuck to my budget, which is always good, down to the exact dollar. Nice. So I had so many dollars with me and I spent all of them, but yeah. nothing over. So well, that's good. I will call that a win. Yes. So I, I like this con. You know, it's I'm glad that the celebrity guest list was not as expensive to my wallet as it was last year. <laughs> <So. clears throat> that being said, who knows who they'll get last year? Because again, some of these guests, like at one point, I think when I, I think I was while I was standing in line for Charlie and Charlie's ta- Charlie was like halfway down the wall or something like that. Um, so we could see from one end to the other. And, On when she hit the corner and started going, you know, along the, the, uh, the perpendicular wall, it was, uh, Rick, uh, Rick Flair, who's a wrestler, Mm -hmm. um, Ron Perlman, Pete Rose, Mr. Sorry, I bet on baseball, Mm
2: -hmm. uh, (laughs)
1: paula abdul mike tyson and michael rooker is the t- the booths i could see from where i was standing and i'm like what is this combination of celebrities i don't uh-huh. understand and then joey fatone which apparently joey fatone is good friends with the people that run robot chicken okay. and i guess he's kind of making it and made a name for himself doing that and that's why he was there but still i'm like Joey Fatone, you're an in sync. Why are you here?
2: <laughs> Not too much of a connecting thread between all of the guests.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, Thanks. okay, whatever. This is the thing now that's happening. It also makes me feel well, old too, because it's like, yeah you know, I knew who Paula, I yeah, I remember vaguely Paula Abdul from like the 80s early 90s but mostly I remember she came back in the spotlight when she was one of the judges on American Idol which I watched when Idol first started I was like religious watcher for like the first like four seasons uh yeah, so Paula was on my TV every week uh I guess you know Mike Tyson because of the hangover I guess I don't know the wrestlers I I get there's a, a bit of an overlap oh, with yeah. geeky fans and wrestling fans. There's a there's a bit of a Venn diagram overlap there. So um although you know you know the, seeing some yeah, I've never watched wrestling, but I recognize some of the faces, you know, like Ric Flair and Sergeant Slaughter and Mick Foley, which Poor McFoley. Time has not been good to him. I saw him getting off an elevator. Mm. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, wrestling you know, It's a great gig if you can get if you know, make money at it, but it's not easy on on the on the old body there. Um. So yeah, who knows what kind of guests they'll have next year? Other than Barry Bostwick, who will probably be there again. <laughs> who knows who else they're gonna get? Oh, but I look forward to it. It's a fun, it's a fun convention. The people that run it are great. It's run really well. Um, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, the fact that I could come to it and see people, you know, get to meet up with people like Zan and Charles, um, and the like is really nice. You know, that's, uh, an added bonus, um, to, to have that to look forward to To know you're going to see friends and familiar faces And you know, make make face-to-face acquaintances With people you've only known on the internet Right uh, Yeah, so um It'll be uh Not quite the same dates next year Because it's always the first Full weekend in December And we're, however December starts next year So it's actually December 6th through 8th next year so if you want to put that on your calendar you can because odds are I will be there <laughs> at the very least uh, to Zan and, and her husband and other people I know so it's cool it's a good con I ended up busier than I thought it was going to be and I still never got to any panels even though I like made sure not to over-schedule you know, over-schedule myself. I'm like, I'm gonna do panels. You know, I'm gonna go ten panels this time. And it's like, Rocky Horror. That's the only thing I made it to. Well, I'll try again next year. <laughs> you do your best. The words mm-hmm. of Danny Glover. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <sighs> ah, good old lethal so, weapon. Yep. But it's all good. So... Speaking of friends on the internet, Mm -hmm. uh, we've got feedback. So, Here's some feedback from Shalane. Uh, And I should say, between Shalane's feedback and Aaron's, uh, potential spoilers for the Marvels. So, yeah. If you're concerned about that, you might want to fast forward. Uh, But that being said, uh, she says, another thing I forgot to mention about Frozen and Once Upon a Time with Wizard of Oz was Zelina disguised herself as Maid Marian. I don't know why they didn't explain about why the Snow Queen froze her, or just don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember, Chrissy? Uh, I or Holly? I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember either. Yeah. Which is really funny, because at one point I, when I was standing in line for something and the people next to me were talking about Once Upon a Time and the, the seasons and which ones were good and which ones were not. But right. even they were struggling to remember what plot lines were from what season. Well, and it's been
2: such a long time since I've done a rewatch. And then sometimes, yeah. depending on what was going on, sometimes it, it seemed like the story threads and seasons also- just kind of overlapped or you got them reversed.
0: I, I remember- mm-hmm. I remember. Okay, so there's the first season, which is obviously you know everyone's cursed and they got to break. Mm-hmm. The first. second season is uh, Hook. Hook, and then the third season was split up between Peter Pan and Wicked.
2: And right. Then the
0: first was Frozen and the Queens, Queen's of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. Yep. The was Dark Swan. Yep. Mm. And then after that, I.
2: We had Rumple's. We had storyline.
0: Yeah, they kind of they kind of run together after that for me. Yeah. Which I'm actually surprised I remembered that much. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like I am overdue for rewatch. I've been yeah. seeing, you know, memes or whatnot on there, or just I don't know, just things that remind me of it, and I'm like I want to watch it again. <laughs>
1: And we'll just skip that last season and pretend it never happened, except for the uh, last episode. That one was, right. We
0: we'll just we'll season. just
1: skip to the very last episode of the last season.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. The network being like, "Hey, we know you you finished telling your story, but we need more content. So give me, so give it to us." And we're like, "Hmm. Yeah. Hmm." It's like not necessary, man. But whatever. Yeah. That one we yeah. blame the so, network. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. uh Sorry, we don't have a better answer for you, Shalane. You may need to Google it or something. Or, yeah, there was. I don't a know. Lot Find like... someone's recap video on YouTube or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know
0: what? That might actually be your best bet.
1: Yeah. Somebody that, you know, has a better memory than we do. So uh she says, I read that once upon a time was going to have more storylines for past seasons that were going to happen later, but didn't. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure. You know, the, the showrunners are, you know, they're always like, oh, we have this idea, this idea, this idea. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason doesn't happen, mm-hmm. or they they do decide to do something else. Yeah. That's that's just that's yeah. that's showbiz baby.
1: Yeah. Like how they brought Prince Philip back from the dead. And how Neil got off Neverland and ended up in New York. The world may never know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now let's get into the Marvels. A.K.A. Nick Fury's Angels. (laughs) It's a Charlie's Angels. It's Nick Fury's Angels. (laughs) I did love the Marvels. The best MCU trio since Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor fighting Thanos in Endgame. I do love a good movie with a good trio. Going back to my feedback on Ahsoka about my life with also female characters pop culture but that don't get enough love. Who else, who else got me into having more girl power is Karen Hallian because I have her She-Series posters. Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Rey, Skywalker, Leslie Nope, and Mulan. She even has a book called She-Series of Women Today that's on my Christmas list. Well, I hope you get it. But anyway, let's go back to the Marvels. I still love Ms. Marvel because she reminds me of me. She reminds me of me and a lot of people. (laughs) I may be a lot older than Kamala Khan, but she still reminds me a lot of me. (laughs) We both love Captain Marvel, and we are formerly a group group of good trio or duos. When I go to the Disney parks, me and my friends are going to Disney-bound the Marvels and other females of the MCU, like Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and Shuri. That's cool. We also are planning to Disney bound our favorite Disney princesses and Pixar characters and Star Wars character too. Plus, I did go back and rewatch Miss Marvel. Awesome. But let's talk about the multiverse. Since Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse came out. I wasn't sure if Marvel was planning to do a multiverse after Spider-Verse came out or before. I believe it was before because Deadpool and X-Men are in the same verse. Not in the same verse as the Avengers. Which this is my theory. Plus, Sony, Disney are tag team Spider-Man versus. Yep. If I remember correct, since No Way Home, isn't Sony doing different Spider Verse storylines because of Venom the cameo in the post credit scene in No Way Home? Yes. Something like that. <laughs> Something yeah. kind of like that. <laughs> so. We're not entirely sure exactly what Sony is thinking because they keep that very close to the vest, but
0: yeah. best we can
1: figure, yes, is there.
0: Uh-huh. It seems like they're kind of just spitballing and seeing what sticks. At this yes,
1: because at this point, they legally have to. Otherwise, they lose the rights to Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> Which means that they're just kind of like, eh, yeah, throw it out there. And, and you know, because we got to have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, because... Whether yeah.
0: whether or not it, it's actually... I don't know. Good. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they will... Maybe they will... Maybe they will uh uh fall. maybe they'll fall over something that's actually decent and they work. Oh, we didn't plan that, but okay.
1: mm mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they've done that with the end of the spider the Spider Verse cartoon movies, but that's
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> as I again also said, I think last week, um, after uh Morbius, the bar is very low. So, it's not going to take a whole lot of effort to uh, surpass that. No. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but, they want to keep those rights to Spider-Man and everything Spider-Man related. So, yeah. It, they Because the MCU in general and Marvel has a multiverse, they can do all sorts of Spider-Verse related character films and not necessarily have to be in the same universe as Tom Holland's Spider-Man or Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man So or
0: whatever Spider-Man they dragged out so it's like hey we need to keep our keep our, uh, mm-hmm. our rights because because screw Disney <laughs>
1: or whatever yes. they can. Yeah. well and I mean Spider-Man is probably arguably the most popular Marvel superhero.
0: Oh, he has been for years. It's Spider-Man yeah. and the X-Men are the, are yeah. the, two, the two Yeah, the-
1: so even even the really crappy movies are going to print money. It may not be a crap ton of money, but they're still gonna print money for Sony, and that's what they want. So So yeah, that's uh what Spider Man's doing ish, kind of. Uh, <laughs> since we had ups and up and down in the MCU, and that the strike is over, I wonder if the MCU films will finally get awesome like they used to be.
0: Oh wow, you're even you're even pointing this out, Shalane. Dang.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still think it's awesome, but I'm easy to please with Marvel related stuff, so.
0: Well, uh, it's just—it's just that there's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, talk in in the the, the usual yeah. stuff, being like, wait,
1: yeah. we're we're allowed to say this now? Yeah. But for this saga, like I said before, when we talked about Guardians Volume Three, we had great films like No Way Home, Shane Chi, Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Guardians Volume Three. We'll see how Double 3 does next summer since it's the only MCU movie released next year since Iron Man 2. We will have the MCU miniseries next year on Disney+. Yes. We will have Echo next year. So, among other things. We get What If in a couple weeks. Woo-hoo! Mm-hmm uh anyway that's all i have to say about the marvels i only have one more thing to ask you girls what is wrong with the tv show and 2000 films charlie's angels i don't think i ever said there was anything wrong with them i never watched the 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 the, the old school show with with farah Fawcett. i don't yeah, know uh
0: Farrah, Farrah Fawcett is amazing and awesome and and yeah it's 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 great and the one with drew barrymore the movie, it's fine. It was. Yeah. There was there was this there was this thing in the late nineties, early two thousands, where we're like, hey, let's make. You know, it's kind it's kind of a trend. It's like mm-hmm. they're like like we're there's trends in movies all the time. Let's make movies of all these old seventies TV shows and some were some were fun, some were not so great, and it was it mm-hmm. was just a thing, and you know, it was that it just it was a thing that happened. It's. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I like Drew yep. more. Yeah, I I, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend. I don't anymore. know
1: how well they've held up, but I remember <laughs> yeah, liking I them at the, the time.
0: time. Yeah, at the time it was it was fun. It was it was a popcorn flick. It was it was a, you know a movie to fill a slot in the summer and make a studio a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't going to win any awards and yeah, it
1: did yeah. At least funny. not for the movie. I mean, I'm pretty sure that. Uh... Theme song one Beyonce a oh, word or probably.
0: two.
1: Trust <laughs> <Probably. laughs>
0: me, music in those movies. It, you know, Wild Wild West was kind of a dog, but the but the song
1: the, the song mm-hmm. slaps. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. The movie itself is. Uh...
2: Uh, yeah. Especially
0: yeah. especially if you've ever seen, and I've seen the original Wild Wild West.
2: Uh huh. It
0: is nothing. Obviously, nothing. Else. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Somebody wasn't paying too much attention when they were watching the main source no, material. Let's just put it no, that way. It
0: was very much like, well, who's who's big now? Will Smith. Okay, cast him in it, and he was great. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that, but it yeah, was... I mean the
1: the cast is not bad. I mean that was at the oh. height of Will Smith's like movie career. You done like, mm-hmm. I think Men in Black and the, the in Black similar... and, like,
0: Independence Day. In, yeah, yeah, Independence
1: Day, and yeah. you've got what Kevin Kline and Sam yeah. Hayek, I think. Yep. I uh, remember correctly, and so. uh
0: Kenneth Kenneth Brana was was the villain and the villain yes. was a little bit what the heck is this? But then again yeah, yeah. he's having fun with it. So yes. you know.
2: To see Kenneth Brana chew the scenery like that was something to behold, I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah. It's not to everyone's taste. I understand no. that. But it it was it was it was fun. Just yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, there there was there was a trend back in back in the day of, you know, now now we have now we have eighties and even nineties nostalgia, which uh, I'm getting old. Um, mm-hmm. back then it was seventies nostalgia.
1: hmm
0: I can't tell you how many reruns of Match Game on on a uh, game show network I've watched.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like yep. I, some of these some of these people have already died. I don't care. I miss them. Yeah. <laughs> they died long before I was. Even
2: aware they were a thing. Yep. Just creators, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, keep your hands off Princess Bride and Labyrinth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: thank you. Yes. Enough said. Some, and, and Back to the Future. Yes. You, there are things you do not touch. As yes, long yes, as
1: the yes. stays alive, Back to the Future is fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Where so we need to wrap him in bubble
0: wrap. <laughs> How do we yes. keep the alive? Like we'll even yeah. put him on ice. Yeah. Like do not touch back, <laughs> back to the future. Yeah. Well uh, maybe probably by the time probably by the time he passes, then we'll be like, Oh, well, we're 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 past we're past ruining the eighties. We're gonna go on and ru- ruin the early two thousands now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and you can F that probably. up. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, Early you know, 2000s we got, were we'll very have,
1: hit and miss anyway, so. We'll have, a,
0: yeah. we'll have a remake of what, Scary Movie or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: Destination Anywhere?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Uh let's see, Shalane finishes up, says, Last thing, I did hear that the Flash didn't go well to the box office last summer. <laughs> That's putting it mildly.
0: Yeah. Um. No. And again, I ask, you cancelled Batgirl and all those animated things, yet, yet Flash was the one that was worth keeping. Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever. Yep. Uh, so here are the young Avengers that we'll have, as far as I know: America Chavez, Billy and Tommy, Ironheart, and the girl from Love and Thunder, which I believe canonically her name is Love. Uh, <laughs> that's what Thor was calling her. So, and that's what she's called in the credits. So, um, among with the the others that we know from the Marvels, like Kamal Khan and. Well, as we stated last week, uh, we'll have to wait and see whose side uh, Miss Bishop decides to go with. So, uh, all right, Uh, Shalane, and then from Aaron, attention, do not run. It is safe to be eaten by the (laughs) Flurkin. <laughs> Hello, wonderful five ish hosts. I like the Marvels, which is a relief because, based on the early reviews, I was slightly worried. No, I'm not talking about the stupid He Man Woman Haters Club reviews, but the people who actually saw the movie. As wonderful as Larson is, I feel the issue with Captain Marvel is that the MCU insists on making her so strong that with each appearance, they are forced to find a way to either sideline or weaken her. Yeah, that's. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That is a,
1: That is a downside that we have. Yeah
0: that is an issue talked with...
1: about since she, her introduction is just it's like it's great that we have captain marvel for a lot of reasons but yeah just it's... even in the it... even in the comic book she is yeah. stupidly powerful well so. and they
0: don't they it's it's a it's a it's a tragic no well, it's tragic but it, it's a it's a it's an unfortunate thing that's like when these you know, filmmakers like, oh, we have a female superhero and she can do everything, and it's like, well, okay, but what? You know, she's got to have some kind of weakness or flaw or something, mm-hmm. and they just ignore it. And so all of a sudden, it's like, I can't relate to this. And I, mm-hmm. and, and then, and then she just acts like a, like, like a brat all the time. And it's like, I don't like you. I don't want to mm-hmm. hang out with you. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be, you know, for, for, for me, quote unquote, as a, as a. Female movie-going person who likes who likes this kind of stuff. It's like I don't like this and I don't like her. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so you just and 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 what was funny is it, it's interesting that he calls it the he man woman haters. It's like I actually saw a statistic that most of the that like sixty five percent of the audience was dudes uh, that went to the marvels, and it wasn't it you know there was like thirty. Whatever percent that was that was female, so it's like mm. I don't think it's the guys who
1: are who are. I think, but some guys like, I think are really really enjoyed it. There's a Marvel group I'm in, uh, and it's a gentleman I mean, as far as I know, based on their name, uh, yeah. and the, and you know their their posts, and they've seen the Marvels 17 times.
2: Wow, yeah. cool.
0: So I don't. Yeah it but yeah based on that statistic it's not it's not guys who aren't coming to this movie it's yeah. it's the ladies who are just maybe like, it's all eh. the
1: guys that just really like cats
0: maybe although
1: maybe they're there for the kids yeah. <laughs> yeah. or maybe. they just really like you know yeah. I mean two of the our three marvels are canonically adults so yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> spandex uh yeah uh let's see they went to flex her powers but then struggled to find a villain that could find her at her full strength yes there's thanos but even then she was sidelined for most of that movie yeah paris is yeah. great how tiona paris not the city uh <laughs> however with such a long gap between this and wandavision i would have been a little lost without the quick recap despite being the most with the role she ends up being a bit of a third wheel trying to resolve the tension between her and danvers it happens in an awkward 30-second heart-to-heart just doesn't sit right with me. Considering the big credit scene, I would love to see her get her own movie where she finds her way back to the main universe, X-Men in tow. Velani is a clear standout. What I like most is that she wasn't written to be too childless to be annoying, nor too adult to make us forget that she's still younger than our typical heroes. Her setting up the Young Avengers was a hilarious throwback, even if I'm currently a little less enthusiastic about that team-up. It's an exciting prospect, but this is the third major storyline Marvel is set up, and neither of the first two, Kang and the Scroll Invasion, have truly taken off. I just wish they'd pick a story arc and commit to it. Yeah, We'll circle back to that when we get to our main topic here, especially the Kang part. Dar mm-hmm. Darben gets a somewhat anticlimactic death, but otherwise she's the kind of villain I've been craving. This is the first time where the villain is a direct consequence of our hero's actions. Darben is the first to have personal vendetta against our hero, where we can see how Danvers, doing what she thought was right, destroys the life of Darben, who was only doing what she thought was right. I realize in the world of black and white, we need villains opposite our heroes, but having a justified, multi-layered villain is so refreshing. I don't think I've been so happy with an antagonist that's Thanos and Infinity War and Endgame. I apologize for the link, but if it makes you feel any better, this is shorter than the one I sent to DJ Nick and Keith for what happened. happiness and darkness covered the movie. <laughs> Take care, Aaron. Obviously, Aaron said this before we met in person, although I told him he could send in more feedback after. Yeah. Zane and I were joking. We're all- Both shows are going to get feedback. Being like, I met them both. I don't ever want to hear from either of you ever again. Uh, <laughs> they're too weird.
0: Uh, well, you know... Yeah. I hadn't heard from him, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess we did not weird him out too much, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of Kang and um, Marvel villains, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're sticking with the MCU, but we're headed back to the TVA for season two of Loki which is wrapped up on Disney plus with another roller coaster ride. How they managed to like just yank us along in only six episodes is beyond me um, but you know, they know what they're doing, <laughs> I guess. So um, you yeah, know, we've got uh, our returning cast, obviously Tom Hiddleston is as, as Loki and then Owen Wilson as uh Mobius and I don't want to butcher her name Sophia DiMartino Martino as mm-hmm. Sylvie uh and raw as Ravona obviously Tara Strong is Miss Minutes um and Jonathan Majors as he who remains slash Kang slash Victor Timely, um, but we also now have the introduction or addition of Key Kwan as Orborious or as everybody calls him Ob.
2: Yep.
1: Um, which fantastic addition to the uh-huh. MCU. <laughs> Seriously, one hundred percent right today. in, especially. In this particular series,
2: Mm -hmm. something
1: like this totally works for Kihei Kwan. So, and I guess it's it's because of his performance in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Is this this is how he got into this? Somebody involved in Loki saw an early screening of Everything, Everywhere, and was so impressed with them. They're like, "We need to get this guy." Uh, Which you know is funny in a way because technically Disney already owns one of his performances by owning Lucas and Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) So technically he's part of the Disney family already. It was just a long time ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. that he did it. So um, but this is the fallout of Sylvie killing He Who Remains at the end of the the previous season, uh, and then the fallout that comes from that. Um, but of course, any show involving time travel, uh, which we thankfully finally we finally got towards the end of this particular season, but they did it in a really good way. But obviously, it was inspired by. We finally got Loki getting a groundhog day moment. <laughs> so, cause honestly, I thought that was what was going to happen at the end of the first episode. Is when the loom, because of he, who remains being dead, all of he, he was keeping the time. Well, according to him, he was keeping the timelines in check and making sure that the sa- you know the whole point of the TVA was to keep the sacred timeline that sacred um, and not let it become affected by you know straggling variants going off into into you know different time you know branches, uh, creating new new timelines, um but he wasn't really what it was, was just one giant loop where eventually would all just loop back around to him. And this allows the, the timelines to just kind of go. It really looks like the doctor's big old ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Uh They call it in uh, there's a sign in one of the episodes um, that uh, warns about um, spaghettiing. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what they call it. <laughs> but essentially, it's a big old ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. So, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghettification is yep. what it's called. So,
2: <laughs> yep. When you go uh, close to a black hole, that's what, ha- that's what happens. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everything is spaghettiifying all, all over the place, and um, there are controls that, in theory, could fix it, but the controls are, of course, password-protected by he-who-remains, specifically his genetic code, or they call it their temporal aura. And with he-who-remains being dead, that means they gotta find a variant... Of him to be able to unlock that passcode to be able to get into the system to try and fix things. So, which OB is just like, yeah. You know. Apparently, he's been like in this off, out of the way workshop of his for like hundreds of years, and hardly anybody visits him. So, <laughs> but he's very dedicated. Uh, to his work, he wrote the, the TVA handbook, which apparently nobody has read. Because uh, who reads the instructions? It's like the doctor with the instruction manual for the TARDIS. I think nobody's going to read that. I don't know. Where's the fun in that? So, but um, I, you know, but in the process, we figure out that at one point Ravona and everybody working at the TV actually knew that they were variants, but they were happy working alongside He Who Remains and, you know, protecting the timelines and, in theory, the universe. But then he wiped everybody's memories, except for Miss Minutes. And apparently Miss Minutes has the hots for he who remains <laughs> oh my god because at one point she's trying to convince him that the two of them can work together and she 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 was is as much of an ai as she is and how like self-aware she is there's still certain freedoms that she does not have that you know, it, obviously he remains that version is dead. So we've got Victor Timely is the the version running around in in this particular set of episodes as trying to convince Victor Timely that he can give her those freedoms. And then the two of them together, you know, it's very Darth Vader. We can rule the universe together, father and son. But in this case,
2: mm-hmm.
1: self aware clock AI, you know, clock shaped AI who has the hots for her creator, uh can work together as a pair <laughs> to control the universe. <laughs> and when he turns her down, she gets pissed! Uh-huh. Hell hath no fury like a missed minute score. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: Look <laughs> out! Danger it's, Will
2: Robinson! Big it time! Is
1: so funny. I mean, Tara Strong, uh-huh. bless her, is so funny in some of this just because i mean this minute she's she's you know as free as she can be all things considering and she just Uh you know for being this this cartoon clock she you know if a cartoon clock could choose scenery she is doing oh yeah (laughs) This is one
2: cartoon you do not want to be taken off her Christmas card list or meet in a dark alley somewhere. Yeah,
1: She mean business. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when they go back to the the Chicago World's Fair in in the late 1800s, which you gotta love whatever uh, 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 especially with with this particular show, but in general, when Marvel does anything, period,
2: mm-hmm. and gets to
1: put their cast in period clothing, yeah, you
2: know, they go all out.
1: Yeah, they they go all out. But you know, seeing seeing Tom Hiddleston in magic pants of a different era, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm,
1: you know, I'm I'm all for it. So, oh, it was uh. didn't look too shabby either. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is doing a very good job of of holding his own in uh-huh. this. I, I saw a comment somewhere, uh, from, I think it was, I think it may have been from Kevin Feige, the fact that Owen Wilson is like not phased by the fact that he is part of like this huge cinematic uh-huh. universe like he's just like I'm Owen Wilson wow you know uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm here meanwhile I would be Kamala Khan uh, uh-huh. but in, in, in real life I'd be like oh my
0: god I'm
1: part of the MCU uh-huh. uh, apparently Owen Wilson is just like wow you know? Uh <laughs> And that's it. So, so I I love the set design uh-huh. for the World's Fair. They they uh, they did a really good job. Apparently they built sets that were all the like 360 degrees so they could do wide shots and no matter which way the camera was facing, it would be facing set that was part of the world's fair so uh that was really cool and then of course the 80s mcdonald's oh that sylvie, i know. sylvie ends up at and is working behind the cash register <laughs> so, the, which the, they, the got the the they got from someone from mcdonald's that i they got someone from mcdonald's to help them recreate mcdonald's gave them authentic 80s Bits and pieces, like straw dispensers and cash oh, registers. Wow. The only thing they could not get were uniforms.
2: Oh, wow. Apparently,
1: apparently the, the their costume designer could not find 80s McDonald's uniforms to buy. Oh, wow. So they had to make them completely from scratch. Wow. So. And they wanted to make sure that this particular McDonald's had a drive through <laughs> because by the 80s, drive-thrus were becoming very popular.
2: Mm-hmm. All, all it was missing was the McDonald's birthday cake with the, yeah. with the sugar decorations and the sprinkles. Let's just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> so. Yes, I may or may not have had a birthday party there when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> one year for a birthday
1: like what do you want to do Um, i'm I'm pretty pretty sure my 80s birthdays were at the roller skating rink so that's a whole other ball of wax
0: uh
1: oh bye but i mean really it comes down to they just kind of need to stop the universe from imploding yeah because of the vulnerable. because the temporal loom, which is usually what helps keep the all the timelines straight, can't handle all these new branches. So you know they get they pluck Victor Timely from you know his time period, and he and Ob work together, which is really kind of a bootstrap paradox thing what do you think about this this is exactly the you take the tva manual that has ob's you know face and name on it as the author
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that is the exact same as the doctor peter capaldi's doctor talking about the guy who goes back in time to, to uh speak to uh, Beethoven yep and get Beethoven to he wants Beethoven to sign his stuff but no, Beethoven isn't anybody so he writes all of Beethoven's <laughs> stuff and then it's like who actually wrote all of Beethoven's works this is the same thing because Ob wrote the TVA manual based off of Victor Timely's notes from when he started getting his ideas when he was a child in 1860 whatever but the whole reason Victor Timely started getting those ideas for inventing things like the, the temporal loom is because R- Ravona and Miss Minutes gave him a copy of the TVA manual it's exactly the bootstrap, par- bootstrap paradox mm-hmm. I love it <laughs> I love it yeah
2: <laughs> So I'm surprised you didn't see a little blue box floating around somewhere. Yeah,
1: really? (laughs) Don't think you should be messing with that, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Meanwhile, all of this crap is going on, but Loki keeps getting pulled from different points in time. He's, he's, uh, you know, time slipping, not to be confused with the time warp. Um, and the time slip mentioned in that song, I'm sure that's something completely different. Uh, and he thinks it, of course, he thinks it's completely random and there's no logic to it, but then he realizes it is and so then he has to figure out how to control it. And then he uses that to travel further and further back in time to like learn things like temporal physics uh, so that he can help <laughs> try with try to help with this whole loom thing and uh and then then we get the groundhog thing of sending Victor timely out to try to install the piece that they need to install to help the loom expand so that it can hold more of the timelines and it turns out that that's a moot point because you can't factor for infinity math uh uh-huh. And it turns out that Loki has to be the one to fix it. So he literally has to go out and physically grab all of the timelines and manhandle them himself. Eventually taking the throne that was he who remains. But instead of it being a loop, it now looks very much like a certain tree that a lot of people equate with Norse mythology. So now... Loki is the god of time essentially keeping the the timelines intact best as possible but now that leaves us with what does this mean for the MCU going into the future and I Mm -hmm. I think Holly and I are on a similar brain brainwave that if you know, if Marvel decides to drop Jonathan Majors, which uh-huh. they have not officially yet. Probably because they're waiting on what happens in the court system. Correct. <laughs> because Jonathan has got himself into some legal trouble. Yes. Uh, but it's right now it's very much a he said, she said type thing. So I think Marvel is going to let the courts figure it out and let the evidence Speak for it, probably. Um, And then based on that, I guess they'll decide what they want to do with Jonathan. But this could potentially give them an out if Jonathan Majors gets dropped and let Loki take over Uh and rework the Kang storyline so that it's now Loki instead. Uh So, and or they could always recast for Kang as well, which I still think they might. I think, I think regardless of what happens, you know, cause right now, yeah, well, obviously we had the strikes so the stuff was on hold anyway, but now that stuff is picked back up, they're going to have to make a decision uh-huh. regarding that character. Pretty
2: and quick. yes,
1: we did, you know, we did get a room full of Kangs in Mania, and they all had Jonathan Major's face, but that's not to say that they can't be like, oh, well, this is just another variant that has a different face, and have if that,
0: possible yeah, if they,
1: they if, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, they also probably want to get Fantastic Four in, mm-hmm. and, uh, they want to have um, like Doctor Doom. There has been talk of, of that mm-hmm. being a thing. So I mean, they could simply pick something else and then and decide, yeah. oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do instead. Because they really, they really haven't had a really great uh, grasp of this of this um, plot line. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they they're kind of sort of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, and it's like you guys spend all that money on, um, Fox, so you can have the X Men and the Fantastic Four back. hmm You kind of, and those are, uh, historically and traditionally, some of the most popular, especially the Fantastic Four. Like I want to say it was in the seventies. I've been watching some YouTube videos on. On mm-hmm. stuff like that um like the fantastic four is kind of what well started marvel's sort of resurgence in the 70s i want to say oh and, yeah that was yeah. that was
1: so, the the that was and, the the char- and, the characters that stan lee when he yeah. thought you know thought that he was going to give up working at comics yeah He decided to go for because his wife is all like, "Oh, if you're going to leave anyway, do what the hell you want." And that's what he came up with was the Fantastic Four, and it. So yeah, yeah. they're they're considered Marvel's first family.
0: Yeah, and they they really have not had a good a good adaptation for the Fantastic Four, unfortunately. Least live action. Yeah, in in live (laughs) action, like the the one with the where. I would I would say the best and I, I'd use best in air quotes was the first one with, you know, Chris Evans and
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Jesse um, Girl, and Dylan Gufford, mm-hmm.
2: Um Michael Chiklis.
0: Yeah. So that that one was okay. It was kind of in that time when anyway, so it's like they 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 really need to do something good with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they really haven't had a chance to do it, so it's like, come on, guys, you you can pick this up and do it. This is your, this mm-hmm. is your opportunity, and you're kind of not taking it.
1: Mm-hmm. And and way. I and I still think that they could make that work. You know, my theory from you know last episode talking about the Marvels and how my theory is that the X Men are going to be brought into what we consider our universe or six one six and the X-Men are going to be not from one particular universe, but I think multiple, I think they're going to pull various X-Men from different universes. Cause then that gives them way more wiggle room as far as casting and picking which X-Men, you know, you want to bring into live action. Cause it's like, yeah, we could do the same crew that, we are used to especially those of us that grew up with the cartoon we you know we all want Storm and Wolverine and Cyclops and Jean Grey and Jubilee and, you uh-huh. know yeah. and Charles Xavier but it's like there's so many mutants out there that they that have never gotten representation other than in the comics Yeah. You know, so that and if you pull from various universes you can easily well, they... justify and, you know, kind of hand wave casting and bringing in certain characters. And I think matching teaming that up with the fact that the timelines are kind of like right now, Loki has them stable. But who's to say he can do that for the, you know, foreseeable eternity, you know, even as a demigod, he's going to have his limits. So, and we already have the idea of the multiverse anyway with Doctor Strange, so why can't we have some sort of, like, weird, you know, take what happened with Doctor Strange slash The Last Spider-Man, and have the timelines do something, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, like, what, what did they call it in, in Doctor Strange, a convergence, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and have that happen on a, a much larger scale and have that be the big bad thing. It's not necessarily a particular enemy or bad guy. It's just the fact that the multiverse is kind of collapsing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people are ending up in wrong universes and character are getting pulled from this, that, and the other thing. And they've got to figure out how to fix it. And then you could easily, if it's, you know, if you want to bring Kang slash he, he remains slash whatever name you want to give him with a different actor and just be like, this is a different variant. That's why he doesn't look at Jonathan majors. Great. If they want to forget Kang completely and just be like, well, you know, that all died when, you know, all, all of his variants started dying off when Sylvie killed, he, he remains and, they become casualties of the the timelines going bonkers or something you know some sort of hand-wavy thing right or whatever and it's loki instead you know bring loki back but he's not the bad guy this time he's the one trying to fix everything and maybe in the process of that we end up with you know we get our x-men coming in from other places we get our fantastic 4 Coming in from a different universe. We get a you know, whatever big bad. It's like, do we need Doctor Doom again? Mm-hmm. They've done him twice. You know, maybe we we'll give the Silver Surfer another shot. I don't know. Galactus. I still think they need to do Galactus. He's a really big bad, too. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's how we end up with a, a a big bad like Galactus as, you know, the big. Yeah. You know, Thanos equivalent in the in the future. So I'm spitballing here.
0: Galactus so. is probably mm-hmm. probably a better option that I mean like a Thanos level thing than Kang, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not in charge, clearly.
1: Yeah. None of us are, so, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Feige, if you're listening.
0: Yeah.
1: Email us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it's like, look, we can we can help you help help you fix this problem. We you know you you're yeah. kind of you're kind
1: of in a in a rut here. Yeah, we we have some ideas. Yeah. You <laughs> what, to... what what's what what's the what's the what's uh what's the, the company? Yeah.
0: No, what's what's the uh
1: the company? It's like you've got questions, we've got answers. Uh, but that's like the oh, tagline. Okay.
0: I can't remember. That's from way back. That's- back yeah. yeah.
1: Whoever that is, that's us now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, may not, it may not be... They might not be good answers, but at least we got ideas.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, it can't be any worse Who than what that? you guys have been doing. Let's just be right Quiv-
1: real. Quiv- yeah. Uh, Radio Shack! That's what Shack, to-
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. you
1: got questions, we get answers on That's just showing our age, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh,
0: <laughs> is radio, Jack even a thing anymore? In some uh,
1: places, yes. Yes.
0: Okay. They're holding not on
1: like it, what it used to be. They're, <laughs> they're holding on by their fingernails, just like Jonathan Major just is probably trying to hold on to his Marvel contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my! And it's just it's it's, it's kind of obsc- you know it's like I. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like Marvel. It's like, I'm gonna wait and see what the courts and the yeah. evidence mm-hmm. says before I pass any judgment. But I will say, I really enjoy him in, in this role. I think he was really good. I mean, he was, you know, very much, you know, intimidating in a way, in a, in a odd you know, super villain kind of way, you know, when we're finally introduced to him at the end of season one, I think he was, I think he was great in quantum mania as that variant. And I think as Victor timely, he did, a, you know, he's done a really good job of taking these variants and giving each one its own personality. You know, Victor timely, while he's a bit of a con artist, he's not necessarily a bad guy, He's just, yeah. You know, he he needs some encouragement. <laughs> you know, it's obviously he's a, he's a bit socially awkward. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Jonathan Majors is great in this role and has done a really good job up to this point. It just sucks when you kind of hang your hat on mm-hmm. someone as a major villain down the line, and then they go and do something that gets them in trouble yeah it's like really yeah (laughs) like if i if i was given an opportunity like that i would do everything that i can on a daily basis to make sure that i don't do anything to screw it up Mm -hmm. that's like i was gonna lock myself in my room and um stay there until they say i need to to go somewhere else
0: you know (laughs) Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's the life of a celebrity. Some, you yeah. go out and do
1: things and people just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a human condition is what it is. At the end of the day, we're all human and we're bound to do stupid shit. <laughs>
0: so. it happens.
1: It's just, you know, those of us that aren't celebrities, we do it in the privacy of our own home. So nobody knows about it except like, you know, your cat, if you have one i did some stupid shit when i was younger but nobody saw it except my cat uh-huh. So, and, and, and there I'm, were
2: no electronic
1: recording devices to said yes yeah. reco- the record <laughs> said stuff exactly exactly it's like only my cat knows and you know mm-hmm. I, I miss him very much but he's no longer with us and has not been for a while so you know he took all that to the grave so mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not, he's not anything i'm off the hook as much as I miss my cat (laughs) so anyway that's my spitball in two cents anybody got any opinions on this that and the other thing it's going to be the the next I think we could safely say the next probably five-ish years of the MCU are going to be quite interesting yep as as the the things the things that were already in production get finished and you know the stuff that is had been announced at one point (laughs) (laughs) they'll have to decide um what to do about uh about things and uh you know we, we could sit here and play armchair uh Movie yeah. producer, but you know, at the end of the day, we're not the ones getting paid to make these decisions. And I don't want to be in Kevin Feige's position, really. No, like <laughs> nope. I'm more happy to hang around for the fun stuff, but not the, the not the not fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they pay you the big bucks and not me. I just talk about stuff on the internet.
0: <laughs> <Right>. mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if anybody, well, if any of our listeners want to chime in on their thoughts on Loki season two or anything else we've discussed today, you can send us some feedback. Our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is the and there has links to all of our social media, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, places that you can um, leave comments, um, interact with us. Uh, you can also download the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. So check that out and you can also support the podcast by uh go visiting our Patreon or our merch shop or both. I mean, you know, the uh gift giving season has arrived. So mm-hmm. if you need uh need a little something something for whoever then uh check us out and of course we thank you for listening, your continued support and uh as always, we're just we're just here, and we're glad that you're here too. So, hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But
1: yes, siree, Bob. So everybody have a good the uh, rest of your week, and uh, mm-hmm. catch y'all on the next episode. I know a lot of places that's starting to get very cold, so stay warm. So absolutely. <clears throat> Think warm thoughts. And on that mm-hmm. note, we shall
0: Hello.
1: we shall sign off
0: for this week. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City.
1: This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Funny. I didn't remember my memory being wiped. Thank you for listening to the Five Ish Fangirls. Please visit thefiveishfangirls.com for details on how to further support the show, along with information on our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back. We love our Five Ish fam and appreciate all of your feedback, shares, and encouragement. Remember to keep letting your geek flag fly.